Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of rickets and osteomalacia from the musculoskeletal section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 7-year-old girl is brought to the emergency department after experiencing a wrist fracture. The patient fell down to the ground and has not hit her head. This has never happened before. The patient's parents reports their child states she has pain in her bones and at times feels weak. On physical exam, there is tenderness to palpation of the wrist with a waddling gait. Laboratory testing is notable for a decreased serum calcium and phosphate level and increased alkaline phosphatase and parathyroid hormone. This is a case of rickets secondary to vitamin D deficiency. Alright, let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about rickets and osteomalacia. In terms of a clinical definition, osteomalacia is a condition due to defective mineralization of osteoid. And rickets is a condition due to defective mineralization of cartilage in the epiphyseal growth plates. In terms of epidemiology and demographics, children can have both osteomalacia and rickets. Adults can only have osteomalacia since their growth plates have been fused. In terms of risk factors, the two main risk factors are vitamin D deficiency and primary hypophosphatemia. Vitamin D deficiency can be secondary to poor dietary intake and sun exposure, malabsorption, and genetic causes. An example of malabsorption is inflammatory bowel disease and gastrointestinal bypass surgery. And in terms of genetic causes, they can result in vitamin D deficiency and vitamin D resistance. In terms of primary hypophosphatemia, an example is X-linked hypophosphatemic rickets and autosomal dominant hypophosphatemic rickets. Let's now discuss the etiology of rickets and osteomalacia. The etiology involves vitamin D deficiency, hypophosphatemia, chronic kidney disease, renal tubular acidosis, inhibitors of bone mineralization, and hypophosphatasia. In chronic kidney disease, you could have metabolic acidosis and decreased 125-dihydroxyvitamin D synthesis. Renal tubular acidosis includes proximal or type 2 renal tubular acidosis and Fanconi syndrome. This would cause rickets or osteomalacia secondary to phosphate wasting, metabolic acidosis which increases calcium loss, and secondary hyperparathyroidism. Inhibitors of bone mineralization include bisphosphonates, aluminum, and fluoride. Hypophosphatasia involves a tissue nonspecific alkaline phosphatase or TNSALP gene mutation that leads to the accumulation of pyrophosphate. Pyrophosphate inhibits bone mineralization. In terms of the pathogenesis of rickets and osteomalacia, impaired mineralization of osteoid causes osteomalacia and or cartilage at the epiphyseal plates causes rickets. In terms of the prognosis, this depends on the etiology. Next, let's discuss the clinical presentation including symptoms and physical exam findings of rickets and osteomalacia. Symptoms include bone and joint pain, muscle weakness, difficulty with walking, and fractures. Physical exam findings in the pediatric population include bowed legs, rachitic rosary line, Harrison's groove, kyphosis, and poor growth. 
The rachitic rosary line is due to costochondral thickenings. The Harrison's groove is due to depression along the line of the diaphragmatic insertion into the rib cage. And finally, in addition to kyphosis, you may also notice lordosis and scoliosis. Note that another physical exam finding of rickets and osteomalacia is bone tenderness to palpation. Let's now discuss the diagnostic imaging modality used to diagnose rickets and osteomalacia. The main imaging modality is radiography. The indication of radiography is that it is performed in patients with a clinical presentation concerning for osteomalacia or rickets. Findings on radiography would include radiolucency due to decreased bone density, physial widening, metaphysial cupping, prominence of rib heads at the osteochondral junction, also known as rachitic rosary, and bowing, often genuverum. Let's now discuss other studies, including lab studies, used to diagnose rickets and osteomalacia. Labs are highly dependent on the cause. For example, patients with vitamin D deficiency will have decreased 25-hydroxyvitamin D. Let's now discuss various different etiologies that cause laboratory abnormalities in select bone disorders. The first is osteomalacia and rickets. In osteomalacia and rickets, you would have a serum phosphate level that is decreased, serum calcium level that is decreased, serum alkaline phosphatase level that is increased, and parathyroid hormone that is increased. The next is osteoporosis. In osteoporosis, you would have a serum phosphate level that is normal, serum calcium level that is normal, serum alkaline phosphatase level that is normal, and parathyroid hormone level that is normal. The next is osteopetrosis. In osteopetrosis, the serum phosphate level is normal, the serum calcium level is normal or decreased, the serum alkaline phosphatase level is normal, and the serum parathyroid hormone level is normal. The next is Paget disease of the bone, and in this condition, the serum phosphate level would be normal, the serum calcium level would be normal, the serum alkaline phosphatase level would be elevated, and the parathyroid hormone level would be normal. The next condition is osteitis fibrosa cystica. In cases where osteitis fibrosa cystica is a result of primary hyperparathyroidism, the serum phosphate level would be decreased, and in cases where osteitis fibrosa cystica is a result of secondary hyperparathyroidism, the serum phosphate level would be increased. In primary hyperparathyroidism, the serum calcium level would be increased. In secondary hyperparathyroidism, the serum calcium level would be decreased. In primary and secondary hyperparathyroidism, the serum alkaline phosphatase level would be increased. And finally, in primary and secondary hyperparathyroidism, the parathyroid hormone level would be increased. And the last etiology is hypervitaminosis D. In hypervitaminosis D, the serum phosphate level would be increased, the serum calcium level would be increased, the serum alkaline phosphatase level would be normal, and the serum parathyroid hormone level would be decreased. In terms of a differential diagnosis of rickets and osteomalacia, the following differentials should be considered. Child abuse, osteogenesis imperfecta, osteoporosis, Paget disease of bone, 
and multiple myeloma. Let's now discuss the treatment of osteomalacia and rickets. Medical treatment is directed against the underlying cause, for example, vitamin D supplementation is indicated in patients with vitamin D deficiency, with hereditary hypophosphatemic rickets along with phosphate supplementation, and with osteomalacia of renal tubular acidosis along with sodium or potassium citrate. And finally, in terms of complications of rickets and osteomalacia, the two main complications are fractures and growth abnormalities. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a three-year-old boy is accompanied by his mother to his pediatrician for an annual physical. His mother says that he has recently begun daycare and has been playing well with the other children. However, a few weeks ago, he developed a rash that looks a lot like acne on his knees and elbows. His mother additionally reports that he is noticeably smaller than the other children at his daycare. Temperature is 99.0 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 102 over 73 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 95 per minute and regular, and respirations are 20 per minute. Physical exam reveals a thin boy with a scaphoid abdomen. His height is less than the third percentile for his age. Mild genuverum is present, along with costochondral thickening. Which of the following best explains the etiology of this patient's condition? 1. Congenital proximal renal tubular acidosis. 2. Chronic fluoride toxicity. 3 decreased absorption of fat-soluble vitamins, 4. Decreased activity of renal 25-hydroxyvitamin D3-1-alpha-hydroxylase, or 5. Mutation in tissue nonspecific alkaline phosphatase, or the TNSALP gene. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3. Decreased absorption of fat-soluble vitamins. This patient's presentation with short stature, genuverum, costochondral thickening, and dermatitis herpetiformis are consistent with a diagnosis of celiac disease with concomitant rickets secondary to malabsorption of vitamin D. Remember, celiac disease is caused by gluten intolerance and leads to destruction of intestinal villi. It is associated with the dermatologic condition dermatitis herpetiformis and causes diarrhea and malabsorption of fat-soluble vitamins, among them vitamin D. Vitamin D is essential for proper calcium absorption and bone mineralization, and low levels in children can lead to defective mineralization of the epiphyseal cartilage, causing rickets. Children with rickets will present with bowing of the legs, called genuverum, rachitic rosary lines marked by the costochondral thickenings, kyphosis, and poor growth. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, congenital proximal renal tubular acidosis, or Fanconi syndrome, causes hypophosphatemia along with a metabolic acidosis that increases calcium loss. Hypophosphatemia itself can cause rickets, however this patient bears stigmata of celiac disease, making vitamin D deficiency due to malabsorption more likely. Answer choice 2. Chronic fluoride toxicity can cause osteofluorosis. This leads to brittle bones that are prone to fracturing. Answer choice 4. 
decreased activity of renal 25 hydroxyvitamin D3 1 alpha hydroxylase can lead to vitamin D deficiency and therefore rickets. However, this mechanism is only seen in children with advanced renal disease. And finally, answer choice 5, mutation in tissue nonspecific alkaline phosphatase or TNSALP gene is the cause of the autosomal recessive disorder hypophosphatasia. This mutation leads to a buildup of pyrophosphate, which inhibits bone mineralization. However, this disorder is exceedingly rare, and in a patient that bears stigmata of celiac disease, malabsorption of vitamin D is a far more likely etiology. In summary, rickets is due to poor mineralization of the epiphyseal cartilage in children and has a variety of etiologies including dietary vitamin D deficiency, type 2 renal tubular acidosis, chronic kidney disease, and hypophosphatasia. Next question. A six-year-old girl presents with bowed legs and loose joints. Examination of her chest shows an enlargement of the costal cartilage. Her growth chart shows she is falling further behind in growth and is currently at the 45th percentile. Laboratory results reveal a low serum phosphorus, an elevated alkaline phosphatase, and low serum calcium. Which of the following would you expect to see histologically? 1. Thin trabeculi 2. Unmineralized osteoid matrix with widened osteoid seams 3. Woven bone and broad trabeculi disorganized cement lines in a mosaic pattern. 4. Islands of calcified cartilage within mature trabeculi. Or 5. Round plasma cells with an eccentric nucleus, prominent nucleolus, and clock face organization of chromatin. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2 unmineralized osteoid matrix with widened osteoid seams. This vignette describes a girl with rickets, most likely vitamin D-resistant rickets, the most common form of rickets. Rickets is characterized by inadequate mineralization of the osteoid due to inadequate calcium or phosphate. If this same pathology were seen in adults, it would be called osteomalacia. Vitamin D-resistant or familial hypophosphatemic rickets follows an X-linked dominant inheritance pattern and is due to the inability of the renal tubules to absorb phosphate. The result is decreased serum phosphorus and increased alkaline phosphatase. This leads to the histological findings of increased unmineralized osteoid matrix with widened osteoid seams. Vitamin D deficient rickets manifest similarly but is due to a nutritional deficiency of vitamin D and has become much more rare after the fortification of milk with vitamin D. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. In the first citation, Neeld et al. group rickets into vitamin D dependent rickets where patients respond to supplemental vitamin D and vitamin D resistant rickets. The latter category includes familial hypophosphatemic rickets described in the question stem and hereditary hypophosphatemic rickets with hypercalciuria, a rarer disease that is treated with phosphorus alone. In the second citation, Casey et al. describe how vitamin D deficiency can lead to rickets and growth retardation in infants, children, and adolescents. Those in whom supplementation with vitamin D is recommended include infants who are solely breastfed and anyone drinking less than one liter of vitamin D fortified milk. The goal of supplementation is reaching 400 IU of vitamin D daily. 
UVB exposure also increases vitamin D levels and decreased sun exposure or darker pigmentation can lead to an increased risk of vitamin D deficiency. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, thinned trabeculi are often seen in conjunction with thinned cortices in osteoporosis. Answer choice 3, woven bone with cement lines in a mosaic pattern is describing Paget's disease. This disease is usually seen in the fifth decade of life and is a result of abnormal bone remodeling. Answer choice 4, islands of calcified cartilage within mature trabeculi is describing the histologic findings of osteopetrosis. This is a metabolic bone disease caused by defective osteoclastic resorption of immature bone. And finally, answer choice 5, round plasma cells with clock face organization of chromatin is describing multiple myeloma. This is a neoplastic proliferation of plasma cells that presents with skeletal lesions. And that's all for this review about rickets and osteomalacia. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.